Welcome to the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Welcome to ITSP Magazine. You're listening to a new The National Blast podcast with Keenan Skelly. Join Keenan and guests as they blast you to a place that is certainly not boring, yet still giving you highlights from areas in cyber where key policies and legislation are needed, exist, but aren't enforced, or no one is even talking about it. Knowledge is power. Now, more than ever. All right. Hey, hey, everybody. This is the latest episode of the National Blast. Keenan Skelly here. I've got some very exciting guests on location in San Francisco at RSA. We're going to talk about some critical infrastructure, some really, really fun stuff. So, Eric, please introduce yourself. Well, thanks very much. I'm Eric Byers. I'm the founder and chief technology officer at Adolis Technology. And uh, we basically focus on supply chain security for software used in critical infrastructures. OT so, operations. It's only like the most important thing that people are talking about right now. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sort of mash two things together. Uh, critical infrastructures and supply chain security. Put them all together and you have the perfect store. That's, that's amazing. And also terrifying. Like just again, from my background, I can picture horrible, horrible things that happen with this. So how do you guys go about that? Like, how does that work and why? Why do you, why do you do it? Well, I can give you a little background on why I do it because uh, about, gosh, seven, eight years ago, I was um, the um, CTO at Belden, which is a big Fortune 500 company. And we started to see these supply chain attacks against critical infrastructure. Uh, and we were selling, we had a really big portfolio of cybersecurity equipment and there's nothing we can do about it oh yeah we could say that we would ship a firewall to you but it wasn't going to help when when your suppliers are getting hacked and they're shipping you bad software there's nothing your firewall is going to do about that oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so i just we, we became passionate about this i just saw this as sort of the next generation of um, advanced persis- advanced persistent threat against uh critical infrastructures and sadly what i thought might happen has come to pass yeah so critical infrastructure attacks have been very, very big and hot in the news in the last, I would say, couple of months, but year, really, yeah. um, when we talk about things like Colonial Pipeline and others. How, how are you guys kind of thinking about that? Or how are you thinking about those types of issues when it, it pertains to, you know, SBOM? Yeah. So first of all, the, the most important thing in the supply chain is to get transparency. You know, who are you buying your software from? Who are they buying the components from? Who are they, those people buying, you know, your third, fourth, fifth um, level uh, suppliers? If you don't have that visibility, then you're really fighting with both hands tied behind your back. And I mean, you know, the classic case of a supply chain attack, of course, is uh, the solar winds attack. Um, you know, what we saw there was, you know, the Russians uh, made the choice to go after the, uh, uh, you know, a supplier to the U.S. government, not directly go after the U.S. government. So where we're really focused um, in the last five years, um, and particularly in the last two years, is how do we get executives visibility, the visibility into not just a piece of software, but the entire portfolio that they're either using or uh, if they're a software producer, uh, providing to their customers. You know, how do solar turbines know uh, the providence of everything that they ship out that door or shipped out that door for the last decade? Because it could be old stuff, too. Absolutely. So how are you um, or are you uh, really involved 
with the new SBOM office or CISA and yeah. Alan Friedman and all the fun stuff that he's doing. Um, how, are you guys working with them or how does that work? Oh yeah, we're working with uh, Alan and the team over there all the time. Um, back when Alan was over at NTIA, uh, we were part of uh, about four of his working groups, the awareness working group, um, the um, uh, policy working group, and we've just moved uh, you know, with Alan. <laughs> yeah. um, so give you a couple of examples of how we've been working with them. Uh, there's been a bunch of these uh, Plugfest bake-offs where um, they'll, we'll pick a, uh, the committees will pick a piece of software and everybody gen generates an S-bomb. And so my data science team uh, analyzed the results of that. All those S-bombs, I think they had 40 or 50 S-bombs from out of one piece of software. Uh, what was similar? What was different? What could we tell out of that? So that was one of the areas. That, that had to be super interesting. That was you know, super every, it's like a game of telephone where nobody's yeah. actually talking to each other. So I yeah. can imagine the, the discrepancies yeah. and differences there. Yeah. So uh, then during that, with that kind of bake off after that, uh, do they come back with uh, guidance and recommendations to everyone that says, okay, you all missed this really important thing, or, you know, these were common among everyone. What are the things that they should be looking for? Should be looking for? Well, I think the big thing that um, the unfortunate part and the good part was that what we saw is there's huge divergence in uh, the S-bombs being generated today, depending on whether they're coming from source code, whether they're coming from the build systems, or whether they're coming from post-build analysis. Um, but they're all useful. And that was the thing. It's not, not like, oh, you've, there's going to be the perfect S-bomb. Um, we're going to converge towards better and better S-bombs over the next year. I mean, it's sort of like saying, you know, vulnerability notices. You know, I want the perfect vulnerability notice. Right. Well, they come on. Yeah, good luck. But what's happened over the last two decades is that our vulnerability notices have got better and more refined and more useful to a customer. That's what we're going to see with S-bombs. Yeah. Um, I, I think the second thing that's been really interesting, it's something we've been really deeply involved with, is um, uh, a companion document that goes with S-bombs, and that's the Vulnerability Exploitability Exchange, also known as FACS. Because what we're seeing is this tsunami of vulnerability. Sadly, when you really start to take software apart and look at all its components, there are a zillion vulnerabilities hiding in there. But And that's just going to cause what I call deer in the headlights problems for some companies. So what um, we're really focused on uh, with our work with um, CISA and Alan now is how can we prioritize the vulnerabilities, particularly the exploitable vulnerabilities? Heck, you know, yeah, there may be some vulnerable code in there, but particularly the way it's uh, compiled, it's not actually attackable, et cetera, or it isn't exposed to the network, whatever. But the ones that somebody can exploit, those are the ones that got to be patched. Yeah. So if I was excited about one thing, it would be um, the VEX standards that are coming out. And we've been really actively um, not only just producing, uh, you know, and helping produce those standards, but then having companies um, work with us to actually, um, like large companies, like Fortune right. 500 companies, produce um, early VEX documents to make sure they're viable, give them to the customers, see if their customers can use it. So that's been really exciting. Watch, that's that's watch very that helpful. Role. But you mentioned a word that, that really creeps out a lot of people, especially in cyber, or not cybersecurity, but in critical infrastructure, and that is standards. Yeah. <laughs> so how do you think that's going to be received among owners and operators who already have a lot of you know reporting requirements, a lot of regulation requirements, adding on additional um, you know sort of things like this. How do you think they're going to take that? Well, actually, I think once they understand it, they're going to be oh, thank God, this is what we needed. Um, there's been a lot of lessons learned in standards. 
you know, you've been in the standards business. I've been in the standards business for 25 years. Um, one of the things I'm excited about with the SBOMs, with VAX, with all these standards is the fact that they are designed to be machine readable, something that is not some poor guy filling out yeah. another damn spreadsheet. That's which huge. Is, that's huge, yeah. yeah. So, you know, VAX is entirely, give it as an example, entirely intended to be machine readable documents that then, you know, a, a package like ServiceNow or your patch management system can just suck them in and deal with them rather than it being some poor guy sitting there on his laptop. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so out of the Solarium Commission, that's where SBOM really got its footing and really um, the importance and the support of Congress and others. How, how are we doing from, you know, when we talked about it, when it first came out and we first decided this was going to be a thing and the executive order, how are we doing from that? You know, um, are we perfect? No. Have we got incredible progress? Yes. Again, both of us have been in lots of standards committees. I mean, I watched even take something like network standards back 25 years ago. You know, well, we got token ring, we got Ethernet, we got ArcNet, we got Map, we got Minimap. We got all these crazy standards and people were like, well, you know, in having this battle, oh, we'll never have a local area network. We got too many standards. It took 10 years to clean that mess up. Um, honestly, the SBOM uh, for a, a technology or a concept that didn't exist two years ago to one where there are three standards. I mean, it's, there's no question now we got three standards. There's SPDX, there's Cyclone DX, and there's SWIFTAG SBOMs. Can you, for the listeners, can you explain what those are? Yeah, so it's how do you, um, actually let me back up just for a second and make sure everybody knows what an SBOM is. It's an ingredients list. It's, uh, it's like you pick up your can of soup and you look at your, your, your can of soup and it says, you know, we've got tomatoes in it, we got water in it, we got monosodium glucamate, we got blah, blah, blah. It, so an SBOM is just the bill of materials for what software components went into a software package. Um, and uh, just like in the can of soup, all those ingredients look, list have a standard format. We need that in a machine-readable format. So there's three machine-readable formats. Um, again, SPDX, CycloneDX, and uh, SwinTag. And so that's the way you will format that ingredients list of software. And for those standards, like how are, are they being accepted pretty well in the, the community and the owners and operators, or how is that working right now? Yeah, I mean, I don't hear anybody coming out and saying, oh, we're going to roll around. Everybody seems to be happy picking a standard. Now, would it have been better if we'd had one standard, not three? Yeah, but it would have been great back then if we'd had just token or, or just <laughs> Ethernet or just Darknet. But, the, you know, in the end, it turned out to be a pretty trivial thing to build a gateway between Ethernet and, and token and then pretty soon, one of those two disappeared. Right. Um, I, you know, I've got my bets on which one's going to disappear. It'll <laughs> probably disappear within a year. Uh, I know, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll go on the limb. I think SwinTag is dead. There's really? just nobody supporting it. Um, so that's that's good to know, though, from yeah. the beginning. Is yeah. There's always those, you know, the favorites and the ones that are maybe not easier or harder, yeah. but that just fit, right? Yes. Um, and everybody gets it right away. And then there's the really challenging one that has so many standards and so many, you know, nitpicky yeah. little things that everybody just hates it. So it's good to have that identified early yeah. on and be able to say, okay, well, we're taking bets. We know. We yeah. know. We know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm, I put good money on, uh, uh, you know, either Cyclone DX or SPDX is going to win. And honestly, I would say SPDX will probably win. Cyclone guys are going to hate me for this. <laughs> but um, one of the things that Cyclone DX has going for, or doesn't have going for it, is it doesn't have really a major backer, Cyclone mm -hmm. DX, with 
uh, FPDX, Microsoft just announced, well, actually, I guess it's six months ago, that they are going to produce SPDX uh, uh, SBOMs for all of their products. That's amazing. And yeah. I mean, for Microsoft, I think the amount of software that that entails, yes. that's yeah. that's a huge backer. Yeah. And, and I think it's uh, it also shows everybody what's possible, you know, um, that... You know, this is something you want to automate. This is not something you, again, this is not something you do with a spreadsheet. Um, so they've started handing out tools um, for people who use their development systems uh, to auto-generate those. So it's not That's a big great. lift. Um, we use them. Um, you know, obviously we make software uh, and we generate S-bombs. Boom, fast. Now. So I don't think that actually getting the S-bombs are going to be... Uh, a huge lift. There's going to be, you know, our, we make tools. Microsoft giving, is giving away tools. Um, the Linux Foundation is giving away tools. Um, so actually, I think this is going to be one of those things that within a year, everybody will produce an s -bomb. I hope so. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> It'll make our lives a lot easier, won't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So if, if you could talk to Congress right now and, you know, reach out or talk to the president and say, okay, this is what else we need to make yeah. this work, what, what would it be? Okay, so one of the things that we've been working really hard on, which I think the U.S. government could help with, too, is there's a little problem called the namespace problem. Um, and you're smiling there. Right? <laughs> um, you know, you go and you uh, look at a particular piece of software. Um, what is the name of that software? And it turns out, like, Everybody has different names for, for the same piece of software, even for the same company. I, I do a little demo in the OT space where I say, can anybody name who produced this, this uh, um, industrial controller? And people go, oh, yeah, I recognize it. And then you actually try and go look up that name in something like the National Vulnerability Database or ICS CERT or any one of the standard databases. And you go, oh, well, I thought that thing was made by GE. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's actually registered under over here. So there's this problem out there that we really need a unified namespace, just like we have for domain names. You know, there's somewhere, you know, where do you find um, our company's domain name? It's easy. It's at dolus.com. Where do you go find it? You go look in um, the domain name directories. We need the same thing for software. Yeah. Um, right now, we're putting tons of effort into um, AI techniques to be able to predict given an arbitrary blob of code, what is the most likely 500 names we should search the National Vulnerability Database? That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that definitely needs to be kind of addressed. And how do you think, um, how do you think that would be implemented? Um, if you're thinking about legislation, but who would do that? You know, this is sort of a really good CISA, uh, NIST, um, MITRE-type project. You know, I mean, uh, you, know, it's, you know, NIST stood up the National Vulnerability Database, um, we've had, um, you know, very, you know, this is the type of database project that the government could be good at. Yeah. You know? Yeah. They're very good at databases. They're very good at databases. Sometimes I'm <laughs> good at protecting them. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, CISA would, would be probably my choice for something like that. I think that would be a big help because it'll stop a lot of confusion. Um, yeah, we found this component in there and, uh, it happens to be called, uh, something like log 4 J. Is that a problem? Um, <laughs> What's that? What's that? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, Log4j was a great example. Um, we, we searched about 45 million OT software packages. Um, you just don't search uh, for Log4j. You know, it's, you yeah. know, so we ended up doing all this um, fuzzy searching and um, pattern matching to be able to find Log4j packages. And that gets you right back into the human trying yeah. to go through all of these lines of code and figure everything yeah. out. And that's just that's nuts. crazy. Yeah. And 
I mean, we don't, we try and keep the humans out of it and try and figure out ways to automate that and make it. But it's okay. It that's really, totally going to be the name of this episode. Keep the humans out of it. Yes. Sign me up for that one. That's, that's exactly it. That's awesome. So what are you guys doing here? Like, what are you most excited about this week? What are you going to see? What are you going to present? What's going on? Well, first thing, we started out the morning great. We uh, won an award uh, from, oh, I guess, Cyber Defense Magazine, something like oh, that. Oh, yes. Yeah, CDM. Um, yeah, CDM. Um, and uh, yeah, we won an award for uh, most innovative uh, supply chain company. So I'm pretty that's, excited. That's about pretty that. cool. That was a good way to start out Monday morning. Um, and then um, we're going to be. Um, I will. You know what I want to do is actually walk the show floor. We've got lots of people that we're partnering with because this is again about transparency. Mm-hmm. So you know, like one source of information is Virus Total. Everybody knows Virus Total. How can we? And, and we have a really really good partnership with them about how to use some of the intelligence they have, not just malware intelligence, but namespace intelligence, stuff like that. <clears throat> so I, I'm going to be meeting, we've got a whole bunch of people um, that we've been partnering with people like Security Scorecard, Virus Total, uh, uh, Nextron, um, gosh, I'm missing a pile of them. Um, so I'm going to be going talking about how we can work as a community, how we can share that information. And it's just little bits of information that we can bring together so that the next time we have a solar winds event or a log4j train wreck, um, it doesn't take two weeks for somebody to find out if they've yeah. got It takes a village in cybersecurity. Yes. I think people are just starting to yeah. get that. Like yeah. it can't be this big proprietary, I know this, you know this, I know that. Yes. If we just talk to each other maybe a little bit, yeah. then things will be so much better. Absolutely. So partnerships are absolutely crucial. Yeah, that's right. And uh, never more than in this space, because no matter how you want to say, I'm going to protect myself, you're dealing with other people you can't control. So you better understand what they're doing, and then you can make your risk decisions. If you try and do supply chain protection all by yourself, I mean, that's just an oxymoron. Yeah, that's just a point. (laughs) point. (laughs) Right. Well, this was a great chat. I'm really excited for you, and congratulations on your report. Um, we definitely will have to chat more because I love infrastructure and and all that fun stuff. So we'll definitely uh, catch up on the flip side. Yeah. Great. Thank you very much. That was fun. No problem. All right, guys, you know the deal. Catch on the flip side. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the National Blast podcast with Keenan Skelly. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share ITSPMagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.